0: Hey, retro lovers, welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your Nostalgia Junkies. I'm Alex. I'm Joe. And this is Nostalgia Junkies. Episode two, man. No, three. Episode three. So part two, part two, part 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 two. Part two. two. On the last episode, we started doing the 90s cartoon trivia show. Yep. And we're going to finish that later on this episode.
1: Which has been very fun. I've been actually watching more 90s cartoons. So hopefully I'm a little faster than last time.
0: Last night, I uh, actually went to bed watching Batman, the animated series. Such
1: a good series.
0: I love it. But uh, there's been some headlines going around, circling around like Marvel, MCU. And one of the recent ones, it was uh, kind of brought back an old Jimmy Fallon clip that I know you and I just watched. Daniel Radcliffe. As Wolverine.
1: Apparently a lot of Marvel fans want this dude. I, I would be for it. I would be for it. I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. But I see a little resemblance from it. You know, I can see his, you know, his face. He got jacked recently, you know, Mm -hmm. got very lean. He's short. Mm Mm-hmm from a comic book standing. Yeah, I can yes. see it. But are there other actors that could probably play the role? Definitely. I heard one name was uh Taron Egerton. Dude,
0: I, that I is, love Taron Egerton.
1: I love him. So I
0: I would prefer that, but Okay. I don't know if he has that Wolverine look. That that's my uh my issue. I love Taron Egerton. Him in the Kingsman is phenomenal.
1: And when he portrayed Elton John, that was uncanny he, uh, he literally sounded exactly like elton and i i forgot
0: about him in elton the movie out El- for oh rocket
1: Man. that was amazing i watched um yeah. a couple uh charities they did and they were mm-hmm. saying that or elton john stated basically like for someone to do him he has to have the voice and he said he walked in one day heard you know elton john playing but it was actually tarot really like he was like, this
0: is amazing. Like, he, he's the guy. I would say Taron Egerton or Dana Radcliffe, those are at least, at least the top two that I can think of. I love the way that Dana Radcliffe already has that look. He does have the look. My only
1: concern is people aren't going to see him as Wolverine. They'll always see
0: him as Harry Potter. I, I agree with that. And that's why I think the Wolverine role might be able to be the role that breaks that. It is possible. It's very possible. Because, you know, my my only argument against Taron Egerton is that, you know, man looks nothing like Wolverine. No, and, not at all. But and you look at Hugh Jackman. Wolverine in the comics is what? 5'1", five, 5'2". Five, very short. And Hugh Jackman is like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, yep. So, like, I mean, we had the brown hair. We had the mutton chops. And we watched Hugh Jackman really become the portrayal of Wolverine like he is the iconic portrayal of Wolverine
1: yeah we've had him for about two
0: decades as Wolverine yeah, 1999
1: so over two decades
0: actually yeah because it was uh the first X-Men movie maybe that came out in 2000 but it started recording in 1999 yeah I mean he he's been he's been Wolverine he's going to keep Agreed. being Wolverine in Deadpool three
1: which would be like 23 24 years of yeah.
0: huge wow I, I think that actually gives him the record for the longest continual portrayal of a single character I
1: can definitely see Daniel Radcliffe as you said that I can see him eventually taking over that mantle mm-hmm. like very uncanny they're, they're very similar when you look into the comics you know a lot of the stuff Daniel is like his being mm-hmm. he it matches up with the comics, you know the height, um mm-hmm. you know he's shredded, very skinny, mm-hmm. um, Hugh Jackman played a very buff, big uh burly Wolverine, and I think this might be the new generation of Wolverine mm-hmm. kids nowadays. I don't think they'll see Daniel Radcliffe as like Harry Potter. I don't think a lot of them mm-hmm. watch or even read the books. Mm-hmm. so maybe this is like a fresh start for him.
0: My only other issue is Daniel Radcliffe is a big name. Will he be affordable and be able to be there for the longevity? I think he's definitely affordable. If you
1: Mm -hmm. look at his uh, filmography, who
0: like other than Harry Potter, like what other things has he's been on? So nothing that's been a huge blockbuster like a Harry Potter blockbuster. Yeah. But he was in Horns, which was a little I mean, it was an indie film. I've never heard of it. But he—it was a good. It was basically, he was basically—he was viewed as killing his girlfriend, so everyone demonized him. And the more that he was demonized, the more he became the demon. It's kind of like it was really a physical embodiment of a self fulfilling prophecy. It was a really good movie. I'm, I'm not
1: saying it's a bad movie, but all I'm saying is I don't think he's has that
0: next. Like
1: there's Harry Potter, and then a bunch of sprinkled films that probably are good, mm-hmm. but. Harry Potter is the it, you know, it's the icon. it's a comparison you know you, you have to beat that almost like um, you know Ryan Reynolds like he was very big in waiting and then he got into like the whole Blade mm-hmm. and at that point when he did Blade and um, the Wolverine movie where he played Deadpool yeah um, that was the highest level for him especially
0: Blade we do have a another headline and I know that we're recording this you know Towards the end of September. Yep. And this episode is coming out on October 13th. October 13th today is also the day that Goosebumps is dropping.
1: I believe that's also Friday the 13th.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> Friday the 13th in October. We are in uh, spooky season.
1: It's been spooky season for a while. My
0: friend. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw my driveway when you pulled in. We got the ghost and the skeleton going already. But uh, Justin Long is headlining the Goosebumps franchise now.
1: I love Justin Long. Justin long is very adaptable, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, Dodgeball, a true underdog story, oh. and I loved him in there. Dude, so That, that so is how good. I coach
0: volleyball, by the way. Oh, yeah? The five Ds of Dodgeball. Dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. <laughs> if you can dodge volleyball, you can get hit by it, and you can get it over the net. Hey, As long as you
1: stop it from hitting the ground, that's all that matters.
0: Exactly. Use your body.
1: But Justin Long definitely loved what I saw. You know, he definitely has that character where I think this is a series, right? Yep. I am very excited to see him in this role as a series. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's done
0: a lot of series, has he? Not. not. I was looking through his IMDb a little bit. Not many. And he kind of stepped out of the mainstream blockbusters. Yeah. And was doing a lot more indie films.
1: I've noticed that he's done like a lot of like, you know, smaller films, uh, yeah, the a lot only, of, you know, only ones.
0: other series I can think of that he's been on is New Girl. But he was a recurring character, not even a, like a guest character. Yeah, I love him. He was in Dodgeball. He was in Waiting. Not, not Waiting. Yeah, waiting. He, was, yeah, in he waiting. was in Waiting.
1: He was the person who they
0: were training. He's actually in one of my favorite uh, like stoner comedies, Accepted.
1: That is a good movie. Dude, I haven't seen I
0: that in a while. I love Accepted. I watch Accepted probably at least maybe once a year, if not once every other year. I mean, Jonah Hill, Justin Long, it is such a good combo. And let's be real, except it gave us one of the best lines from Jonah Hill. Ask me about my wiener. I don't remember that line. Dude, Jonah Hill is <laughs> rushing the fraternity and they have him out on the quad handing out flyers in the hot dog costume.
1: I don't remember this. It's oh. been a while since I've uh
0: dude. I I love that movie and it's such a good line. But is it safe to say that, you know, because this episode's coming out on October 13th, that you will be watching Goosebumps on Friday, October
1: 13th? You want my honest answer? Yeah. I am going to wait and let it accumulate. And I'm going to binge it all in one rainy day in October. Okay. Or at least like in parts. Like I might watch the first three parts, you know, Mm -hmm. November 2nd or whatever, which is a Friday. Mm -hmm. And then I'll leave the one that airs that night for another like two weeks.
0: I got you. Yeah. I I actually, I really like that. I was going to say, I was going to watch it every single week, but I think I might watch the first one just so I know what, whether it, it's yeah. something I want to pursue. Want. Yeah. Cause dude, how, how bad would it suck if it's like six episodes you wait to, like run for six weeks. You've been waiting for it for six weeks. You watch the first episode and it sucks.
1: I'm still gonna watch the rest.
0: Like <laughs> okay, okay. you have to
1: watch him. Like the Goosebumps movies were really good. Those were amazing. You know, Jack Black was in there. You know, Justin Long being the person who's going to like, you know, drive the story along and move mm-hmm. it along. I'm really excited. You know, it's an older Justin Long. Um, he's more mature, he's more mm-hmm. rugged. Um, but not like rugged, rugged, but like you know, he's he's not the baby face looking you know, dude. It,
0: his, his age is starting to show, which is nice. It, yeah. it, it looks good on him. I mean, he he's in his what, late thirties, early forties now. Really, which I know, right? Which adds up because Waiting came out in like
1: what two thousand six, two thousand eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, either, we we just turned thirty this past year. That's true. Ju- we we grew up watching Justin Long comedies.
1: Overall, I think it's a great, it's going to be a great series. I don't see how you can mess up Goosebumps. Goosebumps is, you know, mm-hmm. you're, we're going to get all that kind of characters. We're going to get all the spookiness. Mm-hmm. It's dropping in Halloween. It ha- It's the perfect storm. So and it's will, theirs
0: to lose. And I think doing a series is the right way to go. I think it will be something new, something
1: fresh, and almost like a chapter book, which I would really like.
0: Yes, my only concern is that I hope they don't do what Marvel does. WandaVision Division had that episodic feel where it was like chapters yep. and it built upon each other, but it also was succinct in its episodes. If you watched uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah, it tried to do that, but because it was one continual story. It just never felt like there was that climax per episode. It was choppy. Yeah. And I felt Loki did the same thing. And what was the last one that we just got?
1: Inva- uh, Secret Invasion.
0: Yeah, which I was I, I, so excited I, for. I, it. I am only on like episode two. Okay.
1: And no, episode three, and oh my gosh. It's um
0: it's it's slow. Oh <sighs> remember that time were you there when we watched Assassin's Creed? Was I? I'm oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, I do not remember Assassin's Creed. I remember going to see it. I, mean, I fell asleep during the movie. It, it sucked. I remember it sucked. I know. I think we should come back to the Justin Long goosebumps. Yes. We were talking about how the Mar- you
1: didn't want them to be like the Marvel movies. Yes. Because it's
0: going to be on Disney. I
1: think certain things can be choppy. I think the Loki mm-hmm. series was very choppy. Secret... Invasion?
0: Yeah, you said you're on like the second or third episode.
1: Ugh, choppy. Very dry. Out of nowhere. This doesn't make
0: sense. It it does. I will tell you this. At the end, it does flow. It gets a lot worse before it gets better. I mean, I'll be interested when you finish it to hear what you think. I actually enjoyed the ending. I loved it. A lot of people did not. But I'll I'll let you be the, your judge.
1: But I will say... Going back to the Goosebump, I think there's so much content and so much material out there to squeeze it in six episodes. You can't be bland. Like, there's no way it could be bland. But we have been let down before. But overall, this is the perfect storm for Disney and Goosebumps to come together and, you know, really deliver.
0: Agreed. No, I agree. So there, there's so much content that Goosebumps has that you you can fill it, and I think the best way for them to do the Goosebump series would be kind of like how Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark happened. Yes. Did you watch the, the the movie that came out a couple years ago? I
1: watched it. When did it come out? Like 2001?
0: 2017? Like before COVID, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched it in like two thousand. I want to say eighteen or nineteen.
0: Yeah, I liked how it was an amalgamation (laughs) of just all the stories kind of coming to life within the community. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of how the Goosebump series should happen. We've already seen the monsters come out of the books and the movies. I want something new, but I want something that's scary, dude. That's a lot for Disney, but... But it's on their Hulu. Is it only on Hulu? I, I think it'll be on both, but they're really pushing that it's like through their Hulu... Perspective.
1: You know what? We might even get a dark version of this. They've been putting some dark stuff on.
0: I mean, Disney is putting out Deadpool three, and it's rated R.
1: Yeah, Disney's definitely going a little darker. They're definitely embracing it. They did put, Mm -hmm. you know, Daredevil and you know Mm -hmm. the um you know Defender series on there, which is very dark, especially the Punisher. Like Mm -hmm. that arc, very. Sometimes you got to turn your head away. But um, I think ultimately we're gonna get something scary. Something unexpected, but I feel like things aren't going to come out the book. I feel like they're going to be kind of told like as some stories a little bit, and I feel like there might it might just happen like as the story's being told. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's talking about you know, hey, there's like a something growing in my basement or whatever, and then all of a sudden, as he's telling the story, like this stuff is happening in the basement, mm-hmm. and you know, I think something like that would be very
0: entertaining. Yeah. Well, you know what? When this podcast drops, we'll find out. I'm excited. So let's go to our next section. This or that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can with that. I think with this because swear Have a uh, combination of some 90s and early 2000s movies. All right. So the first one, Bring It On or Mean Girls. Mean Girls. I mean, I feel like that that's easy. I'll be honest, I mean, th- these this or that's I feel like are pretty easy yeah. this time. I feel like last time we were like, ooh, this is a this is a nail biter.
1: Yeah, I think Mean Girls by far, you know, they have so many iconic lines. Like I i as a guy, yep. a male that's like who just turned 30, even when I was in my late mm-hmm. 20s, I was still dropping Mean Girl lines and it goes mm-hmm. to like every scenario.
0: Exactly. You go, Glen Coco. Go, go. Yeah. You go, Glen Coco. Go, go. Or like, she doesn't even go here. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> you can't sit here.
1: Like so many good lines.
0: The limit does not exist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like Mean Girls has you, you so many lines. You as a teacher, lines. you probably use that all the time. Dude,
0: I use it all the time. And my kids just look at me for two reasons. One, they've never seen Mean Girls. And two, they, they don't know what a limit is.
1: When I watched Mean Girls, which was after I took like, you know, Calculus and Trig. Mm-hmm. I saw that line and I was like, yo, I wish I could have put this like, it, said it in like high school when it mm-hmm. happened. Oh, so many
0: good lines. Yeah, I mean, Bring It On was a great movie, but Mean Girls, it takes the cake. Yes. So next one, I went uh, sports themed. All right. Airbud or Space Jam?
1: Airbud's good. Mm-hmm. I loved Airbud. I had it on VHS. You know, a dog that plays basketball, it ain't in and a baseball
0: book. and soccer but, and football.
1: But that's when you lose it, though. It's, the first one was good. Second one, I heard, I seen a little bit, but it was decent. Mm-hmm. Airbud three, good. And then after that, it was just like Airbud and his puppies. It got milked too much.
0: Agreed. Space Jam, Michael Jordan. Bugs Bunny. Especially in the, the 90s? height of Michael Jordan's career for us kids. Repeat? Dude, I it's it, it's Space Jam. It's for Space me, Jam. it's Space Jam. There's, there's no question. I found probably one of my favorite versions of Space Jam this past year. It's Teen Titans watch Space Jam. I am not a fan of Teen Titans Go, but there's an episode or there's something on HBO Max or Max, whatever it's called mm-hmm. now where it's them sitting down to watch Space Jam and it literally just runs Space Jam with Teen Titans commentary. I want to see that. It's it's actually hysterical, very enjoyable, and it's you get the booyahs and all of that in there.
1: I think you have to go with Space Jam, like not only do you get Michael Jordan, you get, you know, Bill Murray, you get you know, Charles Barkley, you know, uh, Web, Bugsy Bogues. Yep, Bugsy Bo- uh Webby or Bugsy. You got him. Yeah. You got so many good players. Patrick Ewing. And you just we have, still had Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew was still a thing. Um, he <laughs> can't have him no more. It was good. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, who played the Monstars boss? Was it Danny DeVito?
0: It was Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. So there is a part. Of the Teen Titans commentary where you have the Monstars boss just like going on like, I don't care. I want you to go down to Earth and like kidnap these people. And Beast Boy pauses the TV and goes, I know who that guy is. That's Danny DeVito, y'all. That's (laughs) the Penguin. And they like drew like the Penguin like over the Monstars boss. It's so funny because you get those little Easter eggs. As an adult who grew up watching these movies. You know, I could only imagine what it is to be an adult watching this version of Space Jam with your kids who are into Teen Titans Go. Yeah. Because they're not commenting on, like, stuff that's happening in the now. They're commenting on movies and pop culture from the 90s.
1: It's a little bit of, like, give and take for everything. And, like, I just turned 30 and I just put two and two together. I was like, was that Danny DeVito? I was like, that was definitely Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I got one more this or that for you. Okay. We are going classic Disney animated movies. Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story 1 or... Toy Story 1. This is surprisingly hard. That's where I'm like, I feel like most of them are pretty easy, but I feel like this is the one where it's it's difficult.
1: All right. This is going to get a little backlash. Okay. Whereas they are both good movies, I feel like their sequels are way better. But not talking about their sequels, I think... I think I have to give it to Toy Story. Okay, um, Lion King, great film, great musical. I love Scar. Oh,
0: Scar was amazing, man. Scar
1: was amazing. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Oh my god! And you get the voice of Winnie the Pooh to fill in for him. It's pretty cool.
0: Um, I was just gonna bring that up. I'm glad yep. you. I'm glad you knew that.
1: You have to give it to Toy Story. Great casting. It's timeless. But then again, also Lion King. You had some great musical artists. You know, you had Elton John spearheading your mm-hmm. your whole music department. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so good. And then you had... That's a tough one, though. But I have to give it to Pixar. It opened up the doors to so many, you know, fan-favorite Pixar movies. You know, Monsters, Inc., WALL-E, and so many other ones. I'm I'm going to have to go there.
0: I was over here, I was, and I was saying I was going to do Lion King. Like, it's definitely Lion King. I, I love the Lion like, King. It's probably other than tarzan and hercules i think it has the best music but you're right toy story it, it just it fits so well i'm talking about best music for disney not pixar
1: okay okay yeah I, yeah I, I think hercules takes the cake by far yeah.
0: hercules hercules i don't know man you'll be in my heart come on little phil collins boy you got phil collins but I, remember just cuz
1: you have the big names you know Oh, I'm talking... Dude, he had the, the big heart. I it, felt... I definitely felt it as a kid. But Hercules just hit a little different.
0: Yeah. But out of Lion King and Toy Story, I'm going to go with Toy Story mainly just because of all the Easter eggs. The carpet that is in Sid's house is the carpet from The Shining. Did not know that for many, many years. The fact that you had the legs with the little fish pole...
1: Was a, was the a, hooker. The
0: a hooker. Yep. Yeah. There's so many just subtle little nuances that I love that. I think Pixar does it a little better than the regular Disney movies do. I agree with that. I think Disney movies either don't have it at all or they're not subtle. Where Pixar, their their nuances are just subtle.
1: I, I think you hit the nail on that on that one.
0: Yeah. But should we go to our, our meat and potatoes? That is becoming a the saying it, of our, our, our main thing is the meat and potatoes. I did it on you the like first it. one and it's it just sticking.
1: Meat and potatoes, you can't go wrong with that, bro. I like
0: my meat and potatoes. We all love meat and potatoes. I know. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, y'all. So if you've enjoyed listening to Nostalgia Junkies, consider dropping us a five-star review and sharing our show with all of your nostalgic friends to help us grow. Later this month, we'll be sharing our favorite Nickelodeon spooky episodes, so stay tuned to our socials to have your thoughts shared on the next podcast and for details on our upcoming 4,000 follower giveaway. Now to the show so our meat and potatoes we are going to be continuing our 90s cartoon trivia off i'm ready for this one man been practicing so we are gonna pick up and hope that it plays the first time around king of the hill
1: yep i didn't grow up watching king of the hill um i've seen pieces here and there um you know i have a couple of sayings and i like pocket sand Mm-hmm. Pocket it's hilarious. Like, I think that's the funniest thing. Or, you know, that's my purse. Like, it has some. That's great my mem- purse. I, like, don't <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. It has some good. Come singing. on, Bobby. And propane and propane accessories,
0: dude. I, I remember seeing King of the Hill as a kid and not liking it. And it was like a couple years later, I caught another episode, and it was like that level of maturity had just like. I finally passed that level where, like, I actually identified with some of the characters. Mm-hmm. I was like, this show is actually pretty good. Out of
1: all the characters, I think I, you know, relate more to Peggy, the wife. Like, out of all the characters, and Bobby's hilarious, and Hank's hilarious, and all of his friends. But, you know, Peggy, I just like, I think it's just a well-written, well written, mm-hmm. well told
0: character. Agreed. Ready to keep going? Let's do it. Pinky and, the Brain. Yes. Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's Pinky and the Brain, which I know you and I have we've we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. and we're both fans of this show. Yep, it's a good show. It's it's phenomenal, and I think Animaniacs was just a really good launching pad for some of these smaller cartoons yeah. to then. Later on, go on to full-on series.
1: I think Pinky and the Brain is just a great show in general. Two characters. Well done. Simple.
0: One's a genius. The other's insane.
1: Yep. One's yep. a hard-ass. One loves. And then at the Jeez. end of the day, they <laughs> both love each other.
0: Ready to keep going?
1: Yes, yeah, try the next one. Oh, this is a... Samurai... Um... No, no. uh I know Cowboy Bebop. Uh, no. No. <laughs> do, do, do,
0: do, do, do. Not Ed
1: and Ah, Red and Stimpy. Oh. The jazz in the beginning had me thinking Cowboy oh. Bebop
0: for some reason. I'm a little annoyed. Didn't get Red and Stimpy. Oh dang! How do we miss Red and Stimpy? One of the first Nickelodeon cartoons. I didn't watch it till like
1: later on when it was like not okay.
0: Well, it was, it was never okay. It was never okay. Which, ha- there's a documentary on Hulu called The Orange Years. And it talks about, like, just the formulation of how Nickelodeon went from, I'm trying to remember what their original broadcast uh, company name was, but how they went from that to Nickelodeon having children's news. And then the live action series, like Clarissa Explains It All, and eventually they said, Look, mm. why don't? Why are we paying for people to put cartoons on our channel? Why don't we develop our own? And mm. the th- original three were Rugrats, Doug, and Ren and Stimpy. And dude, they pulled so much out of Ren and Stimpy that the censors just didn't catch because they didn't know what the writers were talking about. Mm. Talk about dingleberries.
1: I don't know if I watched them crazy, but I remember as a kid... There was, like, you know, Ren and Skimpy and some of the stuff in there. I was like, whoa, this is not Mm -hmm. cartoons. Then you see the Nick logo. You're like, I should be able to watch this. This is Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. And then you see it. You're like, yo, my mom would whoop my ass if she saw this.
0: Well, so it's funny because they eventually moved Ren and Stimpy to MTV for a bit. But at that point, you've solidified Nickelodeon as a kid's show. Yeah, um, You've um, solidified Ren and Stimpy as a kid's show. And then you put it on MTV. These, these people watching MTV aren't going to watch Ren and Stimpy, the kids show, even though it, it really should have been an ad- adult cartoon. Yeah. It should have been up there with Simpsons, Family Guy. Now we have American Dad and like that yeah. whole genre that really didn't exist at the time. That dark, you know, wild humor. Because all we had at the time was Simpsons. There really wasn't any other. I maybe I no. want to say it was just Simpson. Just Simpson. South Park didn't come out until a few years later. Yeah, I I think if Ren and Stimpy was given the green light as an adult cartoon, it would have lasted many years longer.
1: I think so, but I think also the funding it got as a
0: kids show was what ultimately put on it on the map. Agreed. Well, also th- there was a lot of um drama around the voice actors yep, is the original writer of the show and producer of the show left. And he was also the voice of, I can't remember if it was Ren or Stimpy. It was one of them, but Billy West was the voice of the other and Billy West ended up doing the voice of both. And that's what really catapulted Billy West as like the, Hey, Billy West is doing Doug. Billy West is doing Ren. Billy West is doing Stimpy. Billy West is a phenomenal voice actor. Which, pretty good. I mean, he then went on to do Fry and Futurama. Like, I, Billy West is another one of those voice actors that's just been in everything.
1: Like, I don't know the actual voice actor's name, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you can do Fry and you can do, you know, Ren and Stimpy. And he said "See, so did someone else. Who else was did he? Do? Ren,
0: Stimpy, Doug. Doug. Doug,
1: very iconic to my childhood. I mm-hmm. definitely know that voice. Um, you know those are some good ranges you got
0: there exactly but uh let's go to the next one Rocco's Modern life yes which was not a show I actually enjoyed as a kid really it was a very dry humor. I enjoy it now. Mm. but I felt Rocco balanced the line between goofy and just that dry humor. I felt like also
1: Rocco's modern uh, life was also it was relatable. Like mm-hmm. I think that's a, the best way to describe like you know shows that just stuck with me a little bit as a kid. It was, you know, the world was always kind of like chaotic. it was kind of wild. Mm-hmm. As you are young, there's like you know a lot going on and trying to focus on it was trying to focus on the show was kind of difficult i will say it was pretty difficult but it felt normal watching mm-hmm. it kind of like you would rewatch it and you'd find something new um and then you had his uh friend who what was his friend's name uh uh heffer heffer was a big guy right yeah yeah he he was he was someone i really liked uh, i feel mm-hmm. like he was also um Someone really cool. I thought I I liked him a lot more than Rocco. But that I, I was also that. a thing. Like Rocco's Modern War, uh, Life, there was people that weren't the main character that mm-hmm. you know you gravitated towards. I
0: would say Rocco's Modern Life did a good job as being a cartoon with an ensemble cast. Yeah, I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Let's do it. Rugrats. Hmm.
0: Just just that drum roll. This is one of the first songs I learned to play on the piano. Really? Yeah. Just, just move two keys up and down. That's all it is. I, I love this show. It was a good show. It was a great movie, too. That first Rugrats movie. First movie. That, gift from a Bob. Wait, what? The gift from a Bob where baby Dill comes. They want wow. to return Dill to Bob because he was a gift from a Bob. Yeah, it was a, it was a sad movie, though. Yeah, well, you know, monk, you want the monkeys. Monkeys want the nanners. You like want
1: bananas? I'll give you bananas.
0: Tommy's like darkest Yo, moment, <laughs> villain, the darkest bro. timeline, dude. Like <laughs> he's about to come his baby brother bananas and bananas to get ripped. The just like giving monkeys? a circus monkeys. Well, and and Tommy's defense, Dill did dude, steal right? the banky, my banky. Yeah, which dude? I'll be honest. Did not he hit him too? I think Tommy was gonna hit him. Oh yes, he hit Tommy him with the, with the point, rattle. He hit or him with that. the rattle. Yeah. Yo, hit dude, him with the burner. I will say, Rugrats has more like quotable lines than people probably recognize. Like, dude, I I talk about like, at, at work. I'll be like, I don't want no more responsibilities. Mm. I don't want responsibilities no more.
1: It it was a great show. I loved it. Um, so many episodes come rushing through my mind, mm-hmm. and uh, we can go into you know hours. When I'm talking about Rugrats and how mm-hmm. influential it was. But I think what made Rugrats so good was you know it it definitely touched the heart. At the start of Rugrats, was it one? The movie? Yeah. Where it was a sad scene with uh, Chuck, you know, everyone was talk with their parents and Chucky had no mommy to that. That was second, two. That that's was that's two. two. The Ru- that's, that's Rugrats that to go to Paris. To Paris. That's heart wrenching, bro. You watch Dude. it as an
0: adult. Rugrats bro, tears has, come out. Rugrats has more moments in it that, like we were talking earlier about how Pixar was really subtle mm-hmm. with some stuff and Disney was not. Rugrats had some really good adult-themed jokes, but also just adult-themed motifs that, like, you know, as, as a kid, like, watching all, like, as someone who grew up without a dad, like, I, I bonded with Chucky because, you know, Chucky's grown up without a mom. And where my friends are like, oh, yeah, it's sad that Chucky, you know, doesn't have anybody. But, like, yeah, it's sad, but you don't have that same feeling of what yeah. it's like to have that absence of a parent. Yeah and that's, that's something i think rugrats did really well with it showed all aspects of like you know
1: life and childhood oh yeah and there was someone there was always someone to relate to
0: but let's go on to the next episode or the next uh, song <laughs> X Men. Is it X Men? I think it's X Men. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, it was.
0: There it is. That that'd be the part that I would recognize, with the the trills where it's going up. What? Hold on, hold on.
1: How did we not recognize that was X Men? The 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 one show with the craziest guitar like like riff right
0: there. I know. It's one of the best theme songs of the '90s. By
1: f- I- how did it, how do we not get
0: it? I'm wondering if it's because we didn't see the while. lasers shooting, if that's it. <laughs> the visuals. <laughs> yeah, the vi- I needed the visuals, <laughs> the flashing lights. All, all, all I know is
1: I was like, I heard, I was like, I definitely heard this recently too. And I was like, I'm. this is like a fire thing. And I was like, I should definitely know this. And then when I saw X-Men pop, I'm like, bro, that, or when you, when you mm-hmm. mentioned it, I was like, yo, I think it's X-Men actually. Yeah. That guitar went crazy.
0: Well, because I was, I was listening to guitar and I'm like, like, what else do I know that has a guitar like that? I know this. We actually uh, just watched X Men Evolution, Mm. which also has a really good intro theme song, which is why my brain was going, "Is it X Men or X Men Evolution?" But I'm like, X Men Evolution is 2000 for some reason. I got Spider Man, dude. The superhero cartoons had amazing intros. The only one I think had a boring intro, and it's only for the first half of the theme song, was Justice League. Yeah. Okay, you ready?
1: Go to the next
0: one. In between two, it's either our real monsters. It was it was either be gargoyles or our real monsters. The crying baby gives it away. Our uh, real monsters. Yep. The, the crying the crying baby gives it away. Dude, I. That was a good show. Maybe we should throw that into the uh, spooky season. There has to be a Halloween episode for Auro Monsters, or we just call it a regular episode
1: of (laughs) Auro Monsters. A typical expected episode.
0: Yeah. But Auro Monsters was a show that I loved as a kid.
1: It was a really good TV show. Yeah. The characters were weird, though, too. But, you know, I think they're animated really well, which made them frightening, but not scary.
0: Gross, but approachable. Yeah, and it's funny because like th- there's actually the whole premise of the show is them going to school to learn how to become better scarers. Yeah, which is the premise of Monsters, monsters University.
1: Inc. Yeah, Monsters University, Monsters Inc. The whole idea of that.
0: Which I'm like, this is this is just our monsters, but who did it better? Well,
1: Monsters Inc. Man, mm-hmm. by far, Monsters Inc. Monsters University was pretty good.
0: Which do you know that um? The monster in Monst and Monsters, the Grumble, who is like their teacher. He's the guy with the red painted fingernails yeah. and the high heels, is based off of the big blue meanie from Yellow Submarine.
1: Did not know that.
0: Have you ever seen the Yellow Submarine movie? No. Don't waste your time with it. I know there are people who like it. It was a movie <laughs> that we were forced to watch as kids in school. It was like it was like whenever the music teacher was out, this is what we watched. Yellow submarine was really just about the Beatles going off to this mystic land and their yellow submarine and just liberating the people of this land from the big blue Meanie. So them tripping. Basically it, it, dude. The whole movie was an acid trip. I'll say it sounds like an acid trip, but the <laughs> animated des- animation design for the Gromble was based off of the big blue Meanie. Okay. It was an, an interesting choice, but let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Too. I want to say it's Beavis and Butthead.
1: It sounds like it could be.
0: It's that. I always want to think it's Dari, but I think it's Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Yep.
1: Beavis and Butthead, dude.
0: If there's one thing I I found that I know it's it's cartoons, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know cartoons. Yeah, you be getting some of these quick,
1: and like, dang man, this man be a. Uh studying
0: yeah, dude I, honestly i feel like if there's one thing i study it's cartoons but you know like your brain will like retain things that you enjoy yeah dude i enjoy stupid shit and cartoons are just stupid shit cartoons can be whatever you want it's lovely this is real there's not really any cartoons that you need to watch episodically to know the storyline like you can kind of yeah, just take there's them out like a order. handful if that Yeah, or there's like a a stretch of episodes that you need to watch. Exactly, yeah. But most of them you can pick any episode of a majority of cartoons out and just watch them freely. So when I go to sleep, that's what I throw on is cartoons because it doesn't matter if I'm awake to watch it or not. It's just background noise. So cartoons are my white noise. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's amazing. I just watch cartoons in my sleep now. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. You ready for the next one?
1: Yeah, let me see if I can get some of these.
0: Here we go. Beetlejuice.
1: I forgot there was a Beetlejuice cartoon. Yep,
0: coming back with another movie. I Michael heard. Keaton. I heard it should be interesting, dude. I, I don't know, dude. The the whole wow. spooky, scary that that genre. It was just not something that I felt like I was super interested in as a kid. So like Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas. They they just they weren't something that I like act, I actively pursued watching. Yeah, no, I, I I prefer
1: the movie Beetlejuice way better, you know, especially mm-hmm. with Cat Demings in there. You know, like
0: yes, Kat, I was Cat Uh Dude, she is I love her in the MCU. I would say Beetlejuice, the movie was definitely like that. That was a must watch in the '90s. Of course, the cartoon it was good. It it, it was it was neutral. Yeah, it was neutral. Like I felt like it it dove into trying to be. Tim Burton meets Freakazoid, Mm. and that's just that's that's my uh, two cents on it. Very accurate. Ready for the next one? Let's do it. Angry Beavers. No, no. Party. We're ready to party. We're ready. Garfield and
1: Friends.
0: Was it Garfield and Friends? I don't, I don't
1: remember these
0: Garfield and friends dude. The little guy in the, in the egg Is my favorite character
1: I love Garfield Garfield was my favorite cartoon growing up I don't even remember that
0: Dude I was convinced that this show didn't exist for a while
1: I just found out it existed I thought <laughs> it was just called Garfield
0: So Remember how I told you I used to deliver the paper with my mom in the morning One When we would come back This was one of the shows like Captain Planet And this this was like one of those like Fox early yeah, morning this cartoons. Was like in
1: the morning cartoon
0: for sure. Dude, it was not something that ran like during primetime viewing hours. You had to be up at like 5 a.m. on a Tuesday to watch this show. Garfield's always been my favorite. Dude, I I love Garfield. Like I feel like Garfield's my spirit animal. Got that lasagna going on. He, he, he's everyone's spirit animal. Let's go. Uh, Let's go to our next one. Sailor Sailor Moon. Moon. Dude, Sailor Sailor Moon. Moon. I love how we're both sitting here like, as soon as the voice came in, we knew it. Did you have a crush on Sailor Moon as a kid? I, surprisingly, I didn't have a crush on her. I thought I really Really?
1: respected Sailor Moon as a, you know, as like a group, like, no, she was always good, but I Mm -hmm. always felt like all of them, I respected all of them a lot. (laughs) I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I can't. I
0: can't. Was funny.
1: It's weird. Everyone looks at them like, oh, they're so hot, or whatever. You know, there's so many of them. I'm like, I just respected them.
0: I'm like, yo, these, these women can solve problems, bro. Absolutely loved watching it growing up. Yep. I always wanted to be Tuxedo Mask. I just loved all the characters, and the best part was Sailor,
1: like the main character Sailor Moon, wasn't yeah. even my favorite,
0: dude. Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Mars. This the only reason I knew my planets yep. as a kid.
1: I think there was a Venus one, right?
0: Yeah, you know what? We actually have one more in on the list. Let's just let's just finish. let's just, just, kill just it. bust it out. It's it's the last one. Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon! That's Come easy. on! Pokemon. I'm so glad we played the last yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm actually not going to have us talk about this one that much because let's be real. We can't we can't it, talk about this, it? This is a whole episode. I mean, I, I I have a whole case off to the side that it's just Pokemon's. I I love, like, oh, Pokemon is such, such an amazing franchise.
1: I think the best way to sum up what we just heard was, you know, 25 years ago, we turned our TVs on, watched Ash and Pikachu's adventure begin. Not long ago, pretty recently, we watched their adventure come to
0: an end. Did you, did you watch the finale and all of that? Oh, of course. You're watching
1: Japanese, watching uh, English. It was one of those moments. And then, you know, you get uh, uh, Jason Page coming back and singing the theme song in the background.
0: You, you, t- you can't, you can't, you can only tear up at that point, man. The moment when Pikachu almost dies. It is. He gets murdered, yeah. Oh, dude. It is such an amazing moment where the screen goes white. And Ash is talking about how we're not just doing it for the two of us. We're not alone. Yeah. We're all here. Power of friendship, man. And like one of the first Pokemon you see come out is Pidgeot.
1: Yeah.
0: And like it shows the entire original team. But you know what? I'm still mad at Pokemon for this. There's one Pokemon they left out from Ash's. And out of all the Pokemon Ashes had, there's one that I remember them leaving out.
1: It was all the Tauros' that he caught. That's <laughs> got to be it. Oh my, you yeah. know, all Just 30 Tauros.
0: <laughs> Primeape. Where's Ash's primate man? He Ash left Primeape with that trainer back in Kanto. Yeah. To train to become the best Pokemon boxer. Ash has fought Incineroar with Professor Kukui in the World Battle Royale. Yeah. And he's now fought in the Monarch League. No, no, primate man. There was another Pokemon. Now that you speak of
1: it, there was another one that I mentioned um, before when I went to my locals and we had this giant debate on. It. There was another cancel Pokemon that was not in the uh, and that that scene. Mm-hmm. Can you guess? He only had this Pokemon for about like an hour. Oh, Radicate, Radicate,
0: yeah. But well, he traded Radicate back. Yeah. No one
1: cares. Gives crap about Radicate, bro. Radicate was on his team and. You know, did his thing. (laughs) He traded Butterfree
0: for Radicate. Bro, that's a good trade, though, on his end. Like it's a really good trade. But then he loved Butterfree. Butterfree had terrible stats and terrible moves in gen one. You're right. Oh. Psychic was so much better. Normal was so much better. Oh. We we could sit here and debate all of this from the anime perspective, the carding perspective, the game perspective. That will be an episode. I say I don't remember what our, our total was for who named more what. I definitely lost this one, man. Dude, I, I feel like I pulled a Brandon and just... You, you just, just swept. swept at the end. Dude, I, I told you, man, I watch cartoons for a living.
1: <laughs> you, you cleaned
0: house. My man. dream job. But let's go on to our last segment, 90s trivia. If there is any attempt by either contestant to cheat, especially with my wife, who was a dirty, dirty tramp... I am just going to snap. Do you want to go first? Do you want to ask first or answer first?
1: Um, I'll ask first this time.
0: Okay. <clears Go throat> Let's see what you got.
1: What store would you not find in a mall during the 90s? Claire, Hollister's, Contempo Casuals, or Structure? I'm going to say Claire's. Wrong. The answer is
0: Hollister. It didn't come out until 2000. Oh, dude! I was trying to remember what their est was, and I thought it was 1999. That's what I thought. Oh, dude! I was that. That Soca Hollister cologne is still one of my favorite smells. Really? Dude, do you remember walking through Buckland Hills Mall? Just smells. Everyone you got cologne bombed.
1: People loved Hollister, dude. It it was wild. People still love Hollister. It's it's crazy, man.
0: Oh, okay. I got th- I got one for you. This is technically a double or nothing. So you get the first one, it goes to the second one.
1: Mm.
0: What is the name of the 1993 film based on the true story of the first Jamaican bobsled team trying to make it to the 1988 Winter Olympics?
1: Cool runnings.
0: Okay, good. Did they make it to the Olympics?
1: No, I believe it was the trials. This was the trials
0: they did. They actually made it to the Olympics. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh. Was the movie based off the trials? I don't know. Honestly, I've never seen the movie. All I know is um in college I went to Jamaica for a mission trip. There was just one like one of like the restaurants in the Jamaican airport was themed after like cool runnings. <laughs> like, you know how we have Bubba Gumps that like runs Forest uh, the Forrest Gump yep. movie, like twenty four seven? So did the Cool Runnings restaurant just runs That's pretty cool the, and I'm like I've never seen this movie I like, watched watched maybe maybe ten minutes of it. <laughs> Okay.
1: I got one to follow up with that. This is movie based. Okay. In 1998, what movie trailer appeared online that Steve Jobs described as the biggest internet download event in history?
0: What, what was the year again? 1998. 1998. 1998 movie. Biggest download event.
1: Internet download event in history.
0: It's the name of a movie?
1: Huh? The name of a movie. What is? The answer. Uh, it's a it's a debut trailer. This is a debut trailer. When when it came out, Steve Jobs described it as the biggest internet download event in
0: history. I'm drawing a blank. Was it? No, I don't want to say what I want to say. What do you want to say? Lord of the Rings, but I don't think that's right. It is
1: sci-fi. You're in you're in the around there. Like you know,
0: is Episode One? Star Wars: The Phantom Menace trailer. Oh, episode one, dude! I couldn't remember what year that came out. I was thinking that was like two thousand. I think it came out in ninety nine. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was ninety nine that it came out.
0: I remember. I just remember seeing it at a small theater, like down, like in the Grot New London area, mm. and just seeing little Anakin as little pod racer, and <laughs> no, that's, that's pod racing. That, that's that's all I remember. Okay, <laughs> what links these clues together? Flutter Yum Yum, Starshine, and Firefly. Wait, 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 say it again. Flutter Yum Yum, Starshine, and Firefly. I have no idea. It is a popular toy line, and I believe car- it was a cartoon series. Was, it is not a toy that is in my basement. Oh, that helps a lot. So you're not... <laughs> think whatever that's in here is not in here. i the
1: 4,000 collectibles here.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, you, it's, of
1: course he's missing this
0: one. I don't want this one in here. I have no idea. My Little Pony. Oh. What's the name again? Flutter Yum Yum, Starshine, and Firefly. Yeah, what's again, those? Yeah, I was wondering if the Starshine or Flutter Yum Yum might be enough to give it away. I think Firefly is what throws you off.
1: Oh, yeah, I w- I w- the Firefly kind of like messed with my mind real bad.
0: Yeah, right, I got one for you. Okay.
1: So there's three clues. Okay. And you need to figure out who this is. Okay. Clue number one. Some called me the domestic goddess of the 90s. You have a guess? Um, Lori Loughlin. Nope. Okay. I'm a lifestyle expert with my own magazine and TV show.
0: Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. See, I was thinking like Lori Loughlin full house. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm, she was the domestic. This last
1: one would have definitely got it. I'm known for sharing recipes, craft ideas, household tips, and ideas for entertaining.
0: Doesn't talk about smoking with Snoop though.
1: No, no.
0: I still think it's funny that between Martha Stewart and Snoop, Martha has a longer rap sheet.
1: Exactly. I I love their combination, though. It's such a good good combo.
0: Okay, this is the last one. And actually, this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Which one of the following is not an R.L. Stein Goosebumps book? (laughs) Day of the Werewolf, Welcome to Deadhouse, Night of the Living Dummy, The Cuckoo Clock of Doom.
1: I know the last two are.
0: What was the first two? Day of the Werewolf, and welcome to Dead House.
1: I feel like it's welcome to Dead House, but I feel like it's night of the werewolf, not Day of the Werewolf. Um uh, let's go with number two. Uh Welcome to Dead House.
0: Oh, dude, it was it was it was day of the Werewolf. Really? And what Day of the Werewolf is not an R. L. Stein Goosebumps book. Oh. Uh, I sacked myself out. It happens. Dude, I thought you were gonna get it too. I was like, I'll be so proud. Well I get it. I've been Alex and I've been Joe and this has been Nostalgia Junkies. Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube at Nostalgia Junkies podcast and we'll catch you later. Peace. That's all folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and make sure to never miss an episode till the next
1: episode.